I don't really know what the worst would be if, if we're talking two wheel drive buggies. I don't want to like defame a company. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Well, I mean, the worst buggy is going to be one of those ones that. Unless it's Exceed RC. <laughs> yeah. Exceed RC is like the Rosie O'Donnell of the RC world. He just. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex, and with me as always, Will Brinton, and we're here for the Hobbyplex Show podcast, uh, sponsored by Pivot Lending Group, and as always, you can uh, find them at pivotlending.com. If you uh, get yourself a refinance or home loan, something cool like that, and you mention our show, you can get a $500 lender credit towards your closing cost or 0.125 off your rate. I almost thought about getting my wife to, uh, to, to, to talk to them. Cause she really likes refinancing our house. <laughs> and if, if rates are low enough, I mean, we, I don't know, we probably save a whole bunch of money that way. Interesting. I think she's refinanced her house three times since we purchased it in 2007. Really? Yeah. I think that, I think so. That sounds right. Hmm. I, oddly enough though, it seems like the payment never changes. It's always been the same. Yeah. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> me either <laughs> i don't know a lot a lot about finances and stuff yeah the national bank of Aaron handles all that <laughs> exactly i married somebody who's way smarter if, at uh at money than i am so yeah i'm like the worst I'm like uh if i buy all this stuff i'll have 50 dollars till next month i yeah. think i can live on that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh tell everybody what you're doing with your four-wheel drive buggy i found that interesting Oh, well, um, I actually just opened it, but I got a, a mod, uh, puck system for my, uh, for my B74.1 and I'm going to run it. I'm going to run it in modified, but I just wanted to try it. Like I've never run a puck system before. Right. And I've been trying to get my car like as light as possible. And, uh, just for the heck of it, I think that in my experiences, a lighter four wheel drive usually handles better. So, um, I'm just trying to get my car as light as I can. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm kind of want, cause I'm running a thin battery and I'm wondering if, uh, like once I get it all in here in the way I want it, I'm going to try a seven five in four wheel. So my thought is, is if my car is lighter, it may be just as fast is uh my car was at the six five right and i could get a longer runtime oh so i don't have to worry about battery dump or anything like that right it's, it's just an idea i don't know yeah might not work might be stupid who knows yeah. well but i guess the mip puck system or not mip i keep saying mip yeah but it's mod right i guess the mod puck system will handle up to a five five on dirt with slicks so oh. well there you go as long as you run a center differential like it's it's explicit uh puck system reduces rotating mass center gear diff compatible only so yeah. i guess you couldn't use this with a slipper no and try to just be too much direct power yeah i can see that boy there's a lot to talk about isn't there what went on this weekend so we had the crcrc race uh-huh. where uh once again uh tom rennernecht went and did really well and then uh seth van dalen 
uh, did really well too in four wheel drive uh, mod. I, did, I actually didn't see where he was at in two wheel. But uh, so I consider those two local to us. So of course they they did really well. Of course, um, yeah. Renanex podiumed in four wheel. Uh huh. And didn't he TQ? Yeah, he TQ'd four wheel drive. That's crazy. Not crazy. I mean, it's not it's not as in like unsurprising, but just like crazy good. It's uh, it's weird to think about. You know, that was the kid like what six years ago, maybe longer that we were beaten on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah. He just keeps getting better. Yeah. Of course, we had our techno series, which we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. And then there were some finally some uh, some sponsorship announcements too that I thought were really interesting. Um, is it Spencer e- Eckert that went to S Works? Yeah. And then uh, Chamberlain, I just saw it today. Uh, Schumacher. Oh yeah, I I saw that. I it didn't re- I forgot about it. Yeah. So that kind of puts an end mark on silly season, right? Aren't there, weren't those like the two remaining, what are they going to do? Yeah. At this point, I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious that Mayfield's not going anywhere. Yeah. I thought, I thought that uh, something big was happening with Yokomo, but yeah, there hasn't really been anything talking about that. Yeah. We haven't really talked. There hasn't been much talk about it or anything on the web really. Yeah. So it just seems like a lot of people just left Yokomo. Yeah. But one person still running their stuff that was at CRCRC was, uh, he was, I think he won 40 over. Oh, Brian Dunbar? Brian Dunbar. Dude. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. That's crazy. I saw a picture of him. Uh, so Jay Concepts had a picture of him uh, as TQ. And uh, I don't know. The last time that I saw a picture of Brian Dunbar, he was probably in his 20s and he had like slicked uh, frosted hair. yeah so i saw that picture and i was like oh that's brian dunbar oh same paint scheme though that's pretty awesome i was pretty happy to see him do well i I actually ripped off his paint scheme back in the day he had this checkered flag pattern complete ripped it off and uh, just put my colors in there back in Mm -hmm. the old double x days yeah but back then my colors were purple red and silver with the checkered flag Mm. so it kind of I don't know, kind of, uh, kind of changed over time. But back then I was, I was, I just basically, I grabbed that magazine. I went up to Matt, my friend, Matt, and I was like, Hey, can you just do this? Except these colors. So yeah, the CRC race, uh, they had a packed house there just like, just like we're going to have, mm-hmm. it was like 300 and something entries and, uh, kind of the usual suspects I finished in mod and where you thought they would. Yeah. You know? I I thought uh, Cavalry was going to do a little better, but yeah, but it's his first time officially racing. No, it was probably not his first time racing those cars, but at a big race it is, right? Well, he'd been running the two wheel drive when he was with S Works, so right, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, not to say he did bad. I just I thought like it, I guess you're kind of seeing uh, who's that other other kid? Uh, I'm bringing up the results. I'm like the worst with names. Today. Yeah. I, uh, I always lose it at the podcast. I stare and drift off and think about other stuff. And then I feel really yeah. stupid. Where is this at? There's mod mod two wheel mod tool. Will, mod two wheel was uh Spencer Rivkin, uh, Drayton Staub, uh, Drayton Staub. That's what yeah. I was thinking of. So like that, like that kid, he's, he's doing really well. And 
it's almost like these younger kids are getting better. Yeah. And they can actually race with these guys. You know what I like about Drayton though? He doesn't want to be a pro driver. Yeah. He just races because he likes doing it. Mm -hmm. And like he's, he specifically said, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to do the travel circuit and, and, and get paid for that. I'm going to, I'm, I think he's going to college. So I think this is just like one of the races that he goes to. Yeah. So (laughs) I I like Drayton. I like his dad. They're good people. It's, I always, when he does, when he does as well as he's done here, I'm always like, man, he's got that, just that natural talent, you know, Mm -hmm. for this stuff. Uh, speaking of natural talent, Dakota Fenn finished uh, third. Then it was Colt Hollard, Aiden Horn, Tom Rinderneck, Blake, Blake Champlin, Ryan Cavallari, Seth Van Dalen made the A, finished ninth, Austin Wick, and then Dustin Evans uh, finished 11th. I went, it, it almost looks like they took a bump, didn't they? Yeah. Just like... Um, INS. Yeah, just like INS will. Exactly. Yeah. It's nice that they, they bumped that 11th car. So... Like if the top 10 are locked in, like, it's not like eight plus two. Yeah. I, it, I really like that. It especially works on a bigger track like ours. Mm-hmm. Ours is not going to be a problem. CRC, well, you know, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, smaller tracks that could get a little hairy. Yeah. Right. Four wheel drive mod had uh, Dakota Fend taking the win. Spencer was second. Tom Rennett got his third. And then it was Cavallari, Horn, Tollard, Drayton, Dustin Evans, Tyler Wett, uh, Seth Van Dalen, and Matt Klein. Pretty good, pretty good Midwest group with a couple Callies thrown in there. Kind of, kind of what you see at that race every year. Yeah. I'm just curious here before we move on about stock. Because I kind of thought I saw and then I kind of didn't. So you had Matthew Gonzalez, um, AJ Marasco. Doug Laraviev, Laraviev. Hope I got that name right. Brandon Marsh, Brendan, Brendan Schimmel, Cal Goff, uh, Cameron Ayers, Aiden Thice, Austin Weiland, Charlie Cavalier, and Brian Dunbar. Hmm. That's pretty cool. And then I want to go down here, scroll down, and see the total entries so I get it right. I think it was three hundred and something. Yep. Whoa, three fifty-five, hundred and fifty drivers. Hmm. A lot of people. Yeah. So we're at, we're at 141 drivers with, uh, with our race. Cause that's, that's where we got to cut it off at, um, for pit space reasons. And right now we're at three Oh three, I think. Yeah. And I know there's going to be a few people that'll add classes when they get here. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing we'll be at like three twenty or so. What else happened this week? Anything interesting that you know of any, any new announcements on anything? Kind of been kind of a dead week, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I can't really think. Not much comes to mind. Yeah. Kind of unprepared for this podcast. So full disclosure, Mondays are my day off usually, right? Unless I'm working on the track. And so mm-hmm. uh, we had we had all the work I had to do last week to the track. Then, then the regular work in the store that I do on Wednesday and Thursday, just, you know, regular hours. And then Friday was uh, practice day. And then... Uh, Saturday was this big race and, uh, we're gonna get to it here in a minute. And then, and then yesterday I actually had to work Sunday. <laughs> Normally, sometimes I have Sunday off after the techno series, uh, but not yesterday. So I had to work. So today was like my first day off in, in a good week and a half. And normally I sleep to like two o'clock. Uh, but that didn't happen. I woke up at like 10 30. 
But a lot of it was because I was, I had all this stuff I had to do with the INS race, getting it ready. I had to answer a bunch of emails and all that other stuff. So here I am kind of not necessarily, I knew what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, obviously the techno series is a big part of it. Um, but we probably need to talk about the INS stuff a little bit. Don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. So next Monday at 5 PM, if you haven't paid your entries for the INS 11 at the Hobbyplex, you're going to get booted from the race. So, uh, if you're listening and you're signed up, but you haven't paid yet, it's extremely important that you, uh, that you get that done if you're going to race. And if you're not going to race, uh, don't go into RC sign up and, 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 and eliminate your name. You have to just contact me because I have a wait list that I got to fill in those spots in. Although I did shut off the, the track, like I officially shut off the race. So nobody would be able to go in and enter anyways. Mm-hmm. But, if, but if you don't tell me, then I don't know, then I can't fill in anybody in from the wait list. So you're yeah. just, you're just helping, you know, your fellow racer out, which most of the time RC people seem to want to do. Awards have been purchased. I spent almost 1600 bucks of the store's money on, <laughs> on awards. So first through 10th in every class, uh, we'll get it. We'll get a plaque unless the problem is here's the problem right now. There's more signed up in SCT than when I ordered trophies. So right now there's just a first through ninth, I think. So I have to make a 10th position. I kind of feel bad a little bit. Um, Yeah, you'll get something nice. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so those have been ordered. And then um, I've been going back and forth with J Concepts about not just tires, uh, independent tires, but also tires, tires to sell because everybody's out of tires. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that we had tires in stock. I don't know. I hope this, uh, the forecast continues because it's supposed to be like mid forties, like all this week and next week to my knowledge. I know if it continues, I mean, track's going to be really good. Yeah. If, um, if it's, if it's say 30 or above the track would be great and it'll be comfy in there. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's zero, if it's like negative five out, which it hasn't really been in a long time, it hasn't really been that cold in a long time this time of year. Yeah. But, uh, I'm actually not supposed to talk about, uh, uh, how any sort of temperature at our place. What? what? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's true. Okay. So, uh, uh, so yeah, if, if, yeah, if the weather is nice out, it'll be nice. And if it's not nice out, it'll still be nice either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so let's see. Trophy's been ordered and then uh we we want to talk about getting signed up and paid uh or getting paid if you're signed up. Uh the wait list, I have knocked about 5 names off the wait list so far. There's about 30 something names on the wait list, so yeah. it's going to be what it is. I don't know if all those names are going to be able to get in because I'm looking at the people that are left and the ones that I know for sure I'm kind of, I'm not worried about them getting paid, you know, by next week, but there's a couple names. So I'll be like, eh, you know, there's a couple that always sign up for these things that never actually show up. Yeah. So we'll see. And then the schedule, we should probably talk about that too. I've been asked if there's Thursday practice and there is, it's from four to nine on Thursday. Mm-hmm. The reason why it's not all day is I didn't want to force people to think that they had to take another day off of work, you know, to get there on Wednesday, even 
so that they yeah. could be here bright and early on Thursday morning. I wanted to have maybe Thursday be a travel day, you know? Yeah. Plus it gives me just that little extra time to finish anything off on the track if I need to do it. And a long time ago, we used to do a club race on Thursday. Yeah. But that sucked. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it turned the week, it, it turned the weekend a much longer of a week. And then I'd get home super late and then I'd be super tired on Friday. And yeah. Then, and then there's all that stuff that you got to do on Friday. And then, I don't know, it just turned into a thing. It's just better to have practice. Yeah. I just keep it practice. Yeah. And then doors open at 10 a.m. on Friday and we're going to have some sort of structured, controlled practice um, for Friday. And then there will be a seating round. Uh, I believe I have it listed at seven on Friday night. And you don't have to make seating to make the race, obviously. If you, if you, can, if you can't get there until Saturday, you'll just be in the first heat of whatever class you're in. That freaks people out sometimes. I, I've done that with the carpet crash in just, just for something I added to do to kind of help the heats get set up. And every year there's always somebody who's like, well, I'm not even going to go then if I can't make seating. And I'm like, dude, why are you even worried about it? Right. You know, seating's just, it's just a fun thing to do. And it kind of helps, it helps measure out the heats a little bit, I guess. I don't know. Well, I, I like it because, um, it kind of puts you in the heat that with the people that you're going to be racing with more than likely, you know, or like be at the same speed as, yeah. cause like, I remember one year, uh, Hartson was it, you know, it was before we started doing this and Hartson is in a heat with a bunch of, uh, you know, drivers that weren't on his level. Yeah. And we had like that chicane thing, like in front of the scoring booth mm-hmm. and somebody in front of him clipped it. And then he ran into him, broke his car. And, uh, it was like the next year we had seating. Yeah. But I, I, I think that it just, um, it helps you, you get cleaner runs in. Oh yeah. Your first round. So the other thing that it helps too, from a race director standpoint is if I do need to fix some transponders and stuff, that's when you get mm-hmm. to do it. That's when you can do it. And it doesn't, if you know, we're only doing three minute runs. So if, if you take an extra minute to glide somebody's transponder across the track, it's not going to kill the program. We're on Saturday. You know, if you had to wait for a couple of people, every single heat for 33 heats, oof, you know, that first yeah. round drags on. So it's, it's nice uh, mm-hmm. to do that. And, and, and then it does kind of, it kind of gives a gauge, I guess, for the weekend. Usually, you know, somebody could have a really good seating round and then just blow out though. I've seen that too. Yeah. Seating's not everything. No, not like at all. Like if you see it, it's for somebody like me to seat in the B main is probably pretty good. Yeah. I can see that. A main would be pretty rocking though too. No, it would be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Puts a lot more stress on you though. Doesn't it? Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather be the one moving people out of the way than, than getting, you know, Spencer Rivkin to come by you twice in a race sometimes? Oh yeah. No, definitely. I'm not saying that would happen with you either. I'm just saying from, no, for, for, for me, it definitely would. If I seated high, <laughs> I'd be like, damn it. I don't want to be in that, <laughs> I don't be in that heat. <laughs> I never seed well though. I'm always the worst seeder. My plants would never grow if I was seeding something. I remember I was so <laughs> excited uh, at the Reedy race. Was it the one that we went to where I was, I was seated. I wasn't seated high, but in the laps and times I was first. Remember that? No. Was that the, was that the year you and I went or was it the year previous to that? Probably the year previous to that. Yeah. It was the second year I went the first year at OCRC. 
in the seating round itself, I seated like in the C main somewhere for, mm-hmm. for my fast three, but my actual like laps and times, because I, I actually went out there and just basically just ran a qualifier. I didn't stop or pull over or anything like that, you know, to try to get the best track. My name was at the very top of the, the sort list as far as laps and times went for a little while. It was pretty cool. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. I wanted to get a picture of it and show people and be like, ha check it out where I'm at. But it wouldn't have been true because it wasn't, it wasn't legit. Yeah. Uh, we got, uh, we got 21 people watching right now. That's pretty cool. One of my son's friends found this, uh, stream and saw Emerson on, uh, on one of the after hour shows. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. There's uh Peter Renault's back on here. He's got a question for you. We're going to get to that at the end. That's a good question. Uh, Matt Thunder's back on here. RC Unex Tuesday. Like RC, maybe unexpected Tuesday. I don't know. That's pretty cool. Um, he's from the UK, Great Britain. That's pretty cool. Nice. I've had a few viewers from overseas and, and listeners too on the podcast. Yeah. We get the analytics and there's, there's still that one. There's one listener from Brazil that pops up on the, on the analytics. That's awesome. Uh, that's pretty, pretty cool. Thanks person from Brazil. Yeah. Thank you. The winner is. Do you want to talk about the techno series? I know you weren't there, but uh, man. Yeah. What a couple days. So uh, hang on a second. Cause I'm, this is going to get warm and then I'm going to be up upset that it's warm. We're going to. Hey, pass me a kickstart. This is only my second one today, too. I'm really proud of myself. Oh, wow. I was tempted to stop by the gas station and chug one on my way here and then have one available. But <laughs> this is sat in my refrigerator, so uh, it's nice. You got you, you to taper off that stuff. So you can't just quit cold turkey. Yep. Well, that's my plan. I'm going to try to limit myself back to two for a while instead of four or three. <laughs> or six. Yeah. Speaking of that. So, uh, Graham Hill and, uh, and Christy Lynn, uh, fed me all weekend. So I got really, yeah, they gave me, uh, they, they bought me raisin canes for dinner and they, they got me, um, uh, Jimmy John's for lunch. And then they brought me two kickstarts in the morning. Oh, they're the best. Yeah. They're those guys from Colorado. Yeah. Oh, I know them. They're yeah. cool. And uh, I'm planning on doing the uh, Cheyenne shootout this year for sure. Nice. So Emerson and I are going to have nitro cars. We're going to go. We're going to go try to tear it up out there. Are you both going to race nitro buggy? Uh, so they don't have a 40 plus class. So the plan is for him to race buggy and for me to race truggy, maybe something like that. Because I don't want to be in the, race truggy. I don't want to. I don't want to be in the same class as him. <laughs> if I'm in the yeah. same class as him, then. You know, if we end up in the same main, then then what? You know, somebody will pit for you. Yeah, we he's got to pit for me, and I got to pit for him. So, well, uh, so techno series round three. Um, so last year, last year's round three was the first week of January, and we hit a record. We had like two hundred one entries, which blew my mind because there's only there, last year there was only six classes, so you had two hundred entries with only six classes, and then this year, uh, we hit two hundred and nine entries so we broke our own record in january again with seven classes so that's still not i mean that's not as many classes i mean we're having you know 
There's 10 classes at the J concepts race. Right. I knew that was going to happen though, because we didn't have to, we didn't have to orchestrate an online signup thing for this one mm-hmm. because Nebraska yeah. has fallen under their limits. So we could be at 75% capacity for gatherings mm-hmm. and we didn't have to separate the pit tables anymore. So I kind of had a feeling that the, the dam was going to burst on this one. So we had 115 drivers, 115 people. A lot of, a lot of trucking and buggying going on. Yeah. We had, uh, there was like 40 sportsmen electric, 40, almost 50 expert electric. And then there was almost 40 expert nitro. And then there was like three heats of sportsman nitro. And there was 27. I do remember that number, uh, 27 mini truggies. Wow. <laughs> Thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Mini truggies are fun, dude. I want one. They're just like, they're just like electric truggy, except, except smaller. So, uh, and probably I would say the techno truck is pretty tough, but I would also say they're, they're not as tough as an eight scale electric truggy. So you can't be as stupid with them as many are with their electric truggies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, which is a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's a really good thing. Oh man. Uh, so we had, uh, how many heats did we have? 22 heats during the day. It took, it took just over three hours around. We were doing, uh, like three hours and like five minutes or something like that. I mean, it was really close to where it should That's pretty good time. Yeah. And we started the mains just after five forty. No, just after five thirty. I was shooting for 5.30 and we started just at tick after that and just trucked our way through them. And we finished the expert electric A main or last race of the day. We finished it at 11.56 PM. It's a long day. This is a long day. I was like 10 minutes late. That was supposed to be there at seven. I think open up the doors at seven ten. That's an even longer day. Yeah. Is if uh, you made both A mains. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. The last year I raced eight scale. That was always like a like a long wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you made yeah. the main. When I used to race eight scale a lot, that was always a thing. You'd I, you'd qualify. You know, Saturday would be pretty busy, but if you made the A main, you you basically just sat around and did nothing. Yeah. Uh, until your main was up or I don't, I don't even think back then they had a whole lot of a main practice even back then. Yeah. You know, nowadays a main, you know, a main practice is kind of a thing. You try to do it. You try to do it right after like the C mains or right after the B mains, something like that. But back then, so there was one race at Pleasant Hill, Missouri. When I first started racing eight scale nitro, uh, it was after I had gone to a couple big nitro races, like the Mugen challenge and stuff that were always held at Pleasant Hill down there. And I would go and I'd only race gas truck. And it, it, the second rate, the second one of those that I, that I went to and I walked away with my triple XNT basically in half because the jumps were so big and gnarly. Yeah. Like it occurred to me that maybe I should try to get an eight scale, mm-hmm. but I really couldn't afford it back then. Cause I was, I wasn't working at Hobbytown. I was working at Baker's and you know, 
Gretchen and I were just, just trying to get a house and all that stuff. So after talking with, uh, with Sonny Brown, he's like, well, why don't you, uh, why don't you drive our stuff? And so I got a SportWorks car and I started going to these nitro races and qualifying really well with a SportWorks car and not finishing races. Um, but <laughs> the, one of those times down there at Pleasant Hill, yeah, I qualified like fourth, right? And it was the last main of the day. So you had to, I had to wait all day. So you got there in the morning and I didn't even have to get there in the morning, but the person I traveled with was racing early. So I had to go. Who was that? Matt Howard. Okay. I think Matt Howard were there uh, together on that one. And a whole bunch of other guys from Omaha went. It was, it was a really fun time. But I had a raging headache by midday. Like my head hurt so bad. And uh, I ended up, um, I think that was the race where I met Bob Ingersoll too. He's, uh, he's Roar's administrator now. But he used to be like Roar's main RMT race director tech guy. And he's like really like straight shooter. He's just like, nope you're legal or yep, you're legal. He's, he, he, there's never any gray area with him. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so I'm sitting there and I got this raging headache and this, uh, this dude that used to race with us, John, I can't remember his last name now, but he's a, he was this just enormous behemoth of a man. And his wife's like, well, do you want one of John's meds? Cause he used to have all this back pain. And I was like, I don't know. Do I? And she's like, well, I mean, it'll clear your head up. Uh, and I, she told me the milligrams and it was for this huge, enormous behemoth man. So <laughs> I don't know, it must've been pretty high, but it was a Percocet. So Matt took me to, to, uh, McDonald's and I went in the bathroom and I, 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 I took it with some water. And then I remember walking out of the bathroom and, and, uh, getting in the car. And by the time we had gone from McDonald's to the track, which was like 10 minutes, I was like, I don't think my head hurts anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then I had to sit there and just wait for another, you know, three or four hours for this race to come on. But I'm not saying that people should do that, but I am saying that that happened. And wow, that, uh, that was a good time after that. It was great. (laughs) But anyways, yeah. Sitting there, the point is sitting there sucks. Yeah. Especially when you're not feeling well. There was a E main in expert nitro and an F main in sportsman electric. Those were the two biggest classes of the day. We'll just look at the results real fast. And as we know, I know I've talked about this before, but I, uh, I've, I've had these like weird anxiety things happen every once in a while. And, uh, about three or four years ago, we found this formula for the race lineup for the mains. When we introduced sportsman, Sportsman Nitro, and, and now we have Sportsman Electric, but especially Sportsman Nitro. For a while, we only had Sportsman Nitro. But it was a way to make sure that, A, you had a class for regular Joes. We used to call it independent. Now we just call it Sportsman like everybody else. But also, now you have Sportsman. They're there to marshal for expert. So I, I knocked these two buggy mains out of the way. Just, just get them done. Because as soon as, the, as, soon as the, the, the gong happens for expert Nitro, you know, after that 30 minute main, like my, my stress level goes from way up here to way down here. Yeah. Because I know that I've gotten those two races in that matter the most to people. I think most of the time they've, they've, they're in 
and they're and they're done and now we can move on and you it, it's almost like just turning the corner at the end of the night it just it's just something to something about it you know so uh we had uh i'm gonna kill the last name again uh brody uh Ignich, ignachowski was your TQ and winner in this one. So we had Lucas Baker take a TQ and win in round one. I think Philip Hoke got a TQ and win in round two. And Brody's now got a TQ and win here in round three. And then uh, Lucas Baker uh, got a second. John Kinzer got his stuff together and finished third. Uh, Tim Crystal finished fourth. Uh, Parker Clemmy uh, barely made the A main and made the most of it, finishing fifth. Uh, Jake Wilkening was sixth. Mark Dunn was seventh, Josh Shout was eighth, Devin Wright was ninth, and John Davies uh, didn't start. Something gave way on his car. He made the bump, and then his car like quit on him in warm-up. You could hear it. So, probably driveline, I'm guessing. No. Yeah, that's always a bummer. Yeah. Drivetrain problems are always the worst because they're the hardest to fix. Yeah, quick. you can't. there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, if you're broke, you're broke with that. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you do like a, you know, ball cup or something. Which on eight scale you don't even see that much because they're so beefy. Yeah, well, I've even I've even broken an arm and warm up in nitro before and yeah. ran in and changed it and ran back out there. So then uh, that led us right into expert and uh, boy, I, I don't know what else to say about this other than Mason was just he was in full like uh, it's like serial killer mode, like there yeah. was just no stopping him. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just his, his, his focus and everything just seemed to be on point. He was, he kept busting out fast laps. Boy, that was that he won by a lap. So it doesn't happen a lot when Wiggins and Tebow were there, mm-hmm. but it did, it did happen Saturday. So Mason Fuller, uh, with a TQ and a win, uh, Jared Tebow qualified fourth, finished second. Uh, Jared Wiggins qualified third, finished third. He finished a couple laps behind Jared. And then Ashton Abdul, who qualified second, ended up finishing fourth. He was on the same lap as Jared Wiggins. So I didn't take video of this one. I'm going to post the Sportsman A main up next uh, sometime later tonight, probably. I've taken video of the, of the Pro A main twice now, and I felt like maybe I need to get the Sportsman guys some love. So their, their video is going to be up later. Sure. But what happened in this one was Ashton and his new TLR ride, his first race at his first techno race with the TLR sponsorship, he qualified second and he held his ground to these guys up until about the first pit stop. Oh, wow. And then after that, it kind of got, everything got kind of discombobulated except for Mason just, just ripping off fast lap after fast lap. Graham Hill finished fifth. Greg Baumel finished uh, sixth. Bradley Peterson had a really good qualifying effort, finished fifth, um, did finish the main in seventh. Mitchell Pavel got the bump, finished eighth. Jeremy Whiting finished ninth. And Chris Morant uh, finished tenth. I think his car broke somewhere right around the halfway mark. So kind of kind of the usual uh, suspects in there. Bradley Peterson, um, I th- this might be his first day main appearance. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I think so. Um, that is pretty cool. But you had, just just to show how regional this race is. You had Des Moines, um, Kansas city area, uh, Illinois, Omaha, Colorado, Wisconsin, Des Moines, Omaha, Wisconsin, and Kansas city area. Hmm. So you had this big mish- mishmash of different, uh, regions or different States. Yeah. So that was pretty dialed. That was a good one. 
Uh, <laughs> Mini Truggy. I TQ'd and won this one. And I love my Mini Truggy. Yeah. And I say this about every car that I'm, I'm doing really well with, but if my truck was a person, I'd, I'd probably make out with it if it was a girl. Neat. Maybe even if it was a dude. Cause it's such yeah. a, it's such a fun, good truck to run. Like it's so mini truck is so fun. I can't get over how fun it is. It's just fun. Yeah. I wish I had one. <laughs> I'm running a five, five with mine with timing in the, in the mm-hmm. ESC. It's, it's freaking fast. It's super fun. Uh, Zach Van Dalen qualified second, finished second. James Ham qualified ninth, uh, got the bump and finished third. Uh, Sean Van Dalen finished fourth. Kalaherka. Uh, finished fifth. Bryson Pavel, another bumper, finished sixth. Kyle Quast was seventh. Nick Poppenfuss was eighth. And Drew Dawkin was ninth. And Dane Gangler, I think he broke out. Mm. So, uh, finished tenth. I think he was pretty frustrated with his truck. He broke his drivetrain like a ring and pinion gear in practice on Friday. That's so, tough. yeah, that was pretty tough. He was running like a four, four, five in his truck for a little while too. <laughs> Drag racing mode. Yeah, no kidding, dude. I did a twenty-two-eight fast lap in truck. That's pretty cool. And a fast lap for uh, for e buggy and for nitro buggy. I think it was a twenty-one-seven from Mason. So my truck was really good. Yeah, it's really super fun. I think I, I think I actually crashed in the last lap too. I, I missed the tabletop and hit this pipe. And when I hit the pipe, I was like, Oh no, I broke my truck, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's usually what happens with me is I'll be doing awesome. And then something stupid will happen. Uh, <clears throat> then we had pro four. Uh, we only had one heat, uh, 11 trucks, Easton McCormick and Ashley McCormick flip places. So Ashley TQ'd, but Easton finished first and Ashley finished second. And I was, I was actually marshalling for this race and it was pretty fun to watch them. Yeah. Rob Turner, who hasn't raced in like almost a year. Yeah. Uh, I saw him post. Yeah. He finished third. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Kyle Quast finished fourth. Larry Wright, the third was fifth. Uh, Jerry Klingbeil. Klingbeil. Klingbeil was uh, sixth. Uh, Steve Wall was seventh. Tyler Fleming was eighth. Jen uh, Schroff was ninth. And Nick Poppenfuss was, was tenth. And here's the thing. I've been mispronouncing Schroff since I've met them. Jen and, yeah, Jen and uh, uh, Scott. Mm-hmm. I would say Schroff. And nobody, nobody told me anything until Saturday where it's Schroff. They must get it all the time. Probably. But uh, now I feel, I felt bad because I was like, really? I've known you guys for like 10 years. Why don't these people tell me this stuff? Yeah. People used to, or well, people mispronounce my last name a lot. How do you mispronounce Britain? I don't know. Like they'll say Brighton, but I could see that. Or like you'll tell them your last name and they spell it wrong. We'll spell it like T-T-E-N or O-N, T-T-O-N. Yeah. Sturgeon's a tough one for people to spell if they don't know what the, how to spell the fish. Yeah. I usually get um, S-T-E-E-S-T-E-R-G-O-N or E-N. It's, it's, sometimes it's kind of, kind of, uh, uh, and then I'll say surgeon, just surgeon with a T and then they go, oh, surgeon. Okay. And then they, then they seem to get it. Yeah. 
But even then, like, I don't know. I'm the worst speller I know. So, mm. uh, so Nitro Truggy, uh, this was a 30 minute, our 30 other, our other 30 minute main, uh, Zach Van Dalen, um, qualified third, finished first, first, uh, Greg Baumel, uh, TQ'd, finished second, Jeremy Whiting, uh, finished third. These three have basically owned the Truggy class for almost two, going on two years now in one, in one place or the other. It's pretty much been these three. Um, Emerson was thrown in there. Sean Van Dalen had a, had a couple podiums last year, but for the most part, it's been those three. Uh, yeah. Trent, uh, Ignachewski was fourth. Eric Larson qualified 10th, finished fifth. Braden Billington was sixth. John Ignachewski was seventh. Wade Boyd was eighth. Chris Stapes was ninth. And Patrick Mitrovics was 10th. And then going to Sportsman Electric, uh, Corey Heft qualified eighth, finished first. Corey, do you know who Corey Heft is? No. Back in the day, he used to have uh, hefty cells, batteries. Oh, really? Yeah. That's they, cool. To mostly, the, I think to oval people for the most part. Hmm. Because back when uh, carpet oval was really big at our place. Yeah. Um, Bryson Pavel uh, got the TQ, finished second. Troy Jackson was third. John Kinzer was fourth. Dane Gangler was fifth. Jake Wilkening uh, got the other bump, finished sixth. Brody uh, Ignachewski had a pretty good day, finished seventh. Brian Kiever was eighth. Parker Clemmy was ninth. And Jackson Anderson uh, broke out at about the two and a half minute mark of this one. I think he broke a wheel, I think is what happened. Otherwise, I think he was going to have a good day. Yeah. But I think Jackson needed a good finish here because um, uh, Philip Hoke wasn't here this weekend. So uh, I think he's still like second. So, uh, and then finally we'll get, we're going to look at the points here in a minute, but um, expert was another crazy one. Mason Fuller was just on it. That's the only way I can explain it. Just um, he was, he was almost flawless the whole, the whole week, uh, the whole weekend, the whole day. Uh, He got to TQ and win. Jared Wiggins and Ashton Abdul finished 0.255 seconds apart. And I posted this race on YouTube um, first, just because it was the easiest of the two to post because uh, it's only 10 minutes long. But these two were never more than a car length apart for the entire 10 minutes. That's pretty awesome. And Ashton didn't do anything <sighs> aggressive, like super aggressive to get around Jared. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was good close racing without being stupid. You, you, you could see that they had both had a lot of respect for one another, which is great. Yeah. And they just, I mean, they just put on a show. I mean, it was two eight scales, you know, literally less than a car apart for almost the entire time. Yeah. You know, Jared will always race you clean. Mm-hmm. And so will Ashton, like if, and if he does like, you know, bump into your son, he's always the first one to, he is, he really know, is apologize. Yeah. Yeah, he never, he's always been really good about that. Um, Jared Tebow just didn't look comfortable with his car and mm. uh, finished fourth. I, I have a theory about, about this weekend, though, too, is everybody's out of tires. AKA, yeah. J Concepts, Proline, Rawspeed, they're all out of clay compound tires. So I'm not saying there's excuses for these, for these guys, but I am, I'm thinking that maybe 
tires did have a little bit to play with it because there, there isn't a lot, there wasn't a lot of options for new tires for everybody. Yeah. You know, Mitchell Pavel was fifth. Shelby Parker was sixth. Conrad, um, uh, was seventh. Jordan Gleckler was eighth. Graham Hill was ninth and Jackson Anderson finished 10th, but he did make the expert a main. He made both main sportsman and an expert. He was, I think the only one to do that. Hmm. So, and before anybody says anything, you can run independent and expert as long as you don't have any sponsors. I don't really care. Right. If you're sponsored, you can only run expert. That's the rule. That's a good way to get track time. You know, if, if you only have one car and when we offer both classes and you're not a sponsored driver, go ahead and do it. I would. That's uh more the merrier. All right, let's take a look at points and then we'll, uh, we'll flip over to some, uh, some questions and stuff here. Okay. After we take our pivot break, let's see. First off, here's the cool thing about this year. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jared's going to be there in March. Okay. So the dumb thing is that, uh, I had to, because the J concepts race is the first week of February. Right. And we have, so it's a 10 scale race. So typically our winners have been on the dirt, have been more focused on eight scale. The track has been eight scale because of the techno series. Right. Well, now we have this 10 scale race plopped down right in the middle of our season. So that's why we're having three upcoming club races on the dirt. And then the J concepts race. Then after that, I got to kind of, uh, uh, a couple weeks after that, I got to massage the track back to an eight scale appropriate, you know, thing. But I had to choose dates because, uh, I did not want to put round four on Valentine's day weekend. Mm -hmm. That's always a big no, no. Okay. But then I also always tried to keep uh, our February round away from the Dirt Nitro Challenge. So it, that's why it was always the first weekend of February. Well, now we can't do that. So I had, yeah. to, and, and I had to come out with this schedule before I knew when the Dirt Nitro Challenge was. So I had to, I had to guess. And it turns out that I guessed wrong. <laughs> so yeah. it's taking place on the same weekend as the Dirt Nitro Challenge, which means that all these pro drivers and semi-pro guys that we have coming to this thing are more than likely going to be in Arizona or no, I'm sorry, in California for the dirt nitro challenge. Yeah. Unless they have to cancel it, which is, I mean, still very, very possible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everything's kind of up in the air. Yeah. So, but talking to everybody, it looks like uh, most of the gang's going to be here in our, for, for our March finals, which means that Mason and Jared and Ashton, all those guys are going to make four out of five. Really? So we have a possibility of having Jared Tebow uh, on our wall on a poster next year. That'd be cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but he's got he's to get ahead of Mason Fuller, who right now has a one-point lead um, in, in expert electric eight scale. And the crazy thing is, is Jared actually has two wins. Um, Mason has one win in one second, but he's got two TQs. So those TQ points are, uh, you know, creeping up again. Those things can be deal breakers. Right? Oh man, those are, yeah, those are a big deal. And looking at it right now, Mason's tiebreaker is a 92 and Jared's is a 97. So if they, if they, if, if Jared can, can overcome the difference in March and they end up being tied somehow 
then the tie, the first tiebreaker is always the, the, the drop, the drop score. And that yeah. would, that right now that would hurt Mason. So, and e-buggy always has that. It's always been that way, except for last year. It's, it's always come down uh, sometimes to a tie break. So, um, Ashton Abdul is about four points off of those guys back in third. Um, then a, another four points back is Mitchell. It's kind of strung out the rest of the way. Mitchell, Graham Hill, Zach Gastelum, who was down in Hutch this weekend. Um, Conrad is seventh. Aiden Olson is eighth. Eric Fletcher is ninth and Roman Gastelum is 10th. So, uh, and then the battle for 10th, cause remember top 10 get plaques. Easton McCormick is only one point away from Roman. And then they got a little bit of a lead over Shelby Parker and John Cleese, Jay Kelleherka. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, there are 46 active uh, expert electrics uh, racers right now. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in mini truggy. Um, I don't know what the best way to put this is, but uh, I have a big lead and all I got to do now is just milk it. So I have uh, three wins, one TQ. Yeah, just take care of your stuff. Yep. Just make sure I don't break or have anything dumb happen and I just got to ride it out. There are 40 uh, different mini Truggy racers so far this year. What? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Van Dalen is two points back with two second places. Uh, James Ham is one point off of, uh, off of Zach, uh, in third, then a little ways back is Sean Van Dalen last year's winner in fourth, Bryson Pavel and Ashley McCormick are actually tied for fifth and McCormick's got the worst tiebreaker. Uh, Kyle Quast is seventh, Dan Gangler's eighth, Jake Alherka ninth and Drew Dawkin is 10th. And then, uh, Dylan Hartshorn and Nick Poppenfuss are uh, a point back each from Drew for that final 10th spot. But that's pretty cool that there's 40. We've had 40 trucks so far this year, mini truggies. Um, Pro four had uh, Ashley McCormick right now leading with uh, two firsts and a second. No, I'm sorry. Only one first, two seconds, but uh, one TQ has given him a two point lead over his kiddo, Easton McCormick. And then you have uh, Kyle Quast, Nick Poppenfuss, Nick Schultz, Steve Wall, Tyler Fleming. Steve Wall and Tyler Fleming are tied for sixth. Uh, Lynn Nielsen, Jen Schroff, and Sean Van Dalen is still 10th, although he's missed two. So actually, he probably, all these guys underneath him will probably get taken out. So right now we have nine trucks that are in the running for points. Hmm. And we have had... Only 16 total trucks this year. So mm, Pro 4 seems kind of on the decline. Yeah. It's kind of been, at least around here, it's kind of been the way that short course has gone. Uh, Sportsman Electric Buggy has uh, Philip Hoke um, leading by one point over Jackson Anderson. Bryson Pavel is only one point back in third. And then a few mm. back is Troy Jackson. A few behind him is Parker Clemmy. Uh, Derek Myrtle is only one point off of Parker for fifth. Uh, Brody Ignachewski is seventh. Dan Gangler's eighth. Josh Shout is ninth. And Nick Poppenfuss is 10th. And then Brian Kiever back there in 11th. He's a couple back off of Nick. So this is going to get crazy because sportsmen, I, there's, but there's been 63 different sportsmen 
uh, electric aid skills drivers this year. Yeah. That's crazy. That's uh, a lot. Could you imagine if all these people showed up at the, at the same rate, at the same it'd race? Be like, it'd be like 350. It would be bonkers. Or it'd be like 250 entries, it maybe would, more. It would be bonkers. I, I'd almost, mm-hmm. I'd almost feel bad. We'd be there until like 2 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Nitro Truggy. So this one's going to get interesting. Um, so we have uh, Greg Bommel, your uh, leader. Uh, Zach Van Dalen is tied. They're both at 199. Uh, Zach's first. Zach's first tiebreaker is the throwout score in which he has a zero. And Greg has 92. So uh, if it were to go to a third tiebreak somehow, like if, if Greg missed a round, like if Greg didn't show up uh, in February, but, but came in March and then, and then Zach did come, which he probably won't because of the Nitro challenge. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I feel like I need to explain the tie breaks just, just a little bit, but again, the first tiebreaker at all of our point series is always the throwout score. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we go to wins or podium finishes and the higher podium position always cancels out everybody else that you're the, the next one. So basically what that would mean is Greg has two second place finishes and a TQ but Zach has a first and a second. So that first place finish cancels out the second place. So Zach would, would win in that, in that instance. So it doesn't really matter how many podiums you have. It's, it's all the highest position always wins. So if one guy's got, you know, two seconds and two thirds, and the other guy's tied somehow with a bunch of TQs or something and only has one win, that one win still wins. You see what I'm saying? That's the way I've tried to explain it. Super chat. Oh, hold on. We got a super chat. Uh, Nick Nuthouse um, dropped to 10 bucks. Nice. uh, He said, stopped out to just watch the race. Have to say it was great to watch. Lots of cool cars running. Um, been looking at used B6 rollers. Any thoughts on what's a good price on a used buggy? Um, it kind of depends on what you get with it and what version it is. So if it's the latest version and it's a, a fairly new car, like let's say it's been raced like five times, I would say 150 to $200 for just the car. But, you know, if you get other stuff with it, you just have to, I, I always do half a new, like on, when I would sell anything. That's what I always do. And I always get told I'm selling it too low. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I, it, see, the thing is, is it's like, even if somebody has a problem with it and it isn't, you know, my fault or anything, I just don't want them to feel like they got ripped off. Yeah. You know? That's always my thing. It's like, well, I wired this backwards, so eh. And I, I don't want to be like those online uh, douche douche canoes that try to sell their uh, stampede without a radio or battery <laughs> for for basically what you could go into our store and buy a stampede for new. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. be that guy. So I always, I always, I always do the half deal. That's I, I always think. Well, I mean, I've ran it. I, I run stuff pretty hard. I'll get it cleaned up, and I'll replace anything that's needs to be replaced and I'll sell it for half of what they go for new. That's always a good starting point. Yeah. I always just do half a new, but if somebody's got like a brand new car, like they yeah. built it and decided to get rid of it, then, you know, then it definitely goes for higher. 
Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree. I think 150 to 200 somewhere in there is, is a reasonable price for a roller. Now, if you're getting other stuff mm-hmm. with it, you know, then, then you're talking more, but I, I think that's a very good, um, a very good place to be. I, I pretty much always sell mine for 150. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, yeah. I was I was told that it was too low. So last time I put it on eBay, and I think my buggy went for like two twenty five somehow. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, I, I that's what I always do, like with my stuff, or for yeah. the most part. I mean, it depends. Like you know, you get a brand new car. I mean, it's going to be more expensive. Or yep. I don't sell any of my new stuff, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like if somebody else is selling it, I, I usually sell my cars once a year. Yeah. Or if I'm pissed off. <laughs> then I'll sell a car and I'll, I'll start over. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much, I, well, like, like my car, I'll just take it apart and replace everything. It needs to be replaced. Yeah. And I'm so finicky about stuff. I'll just replace everything and yeah. I'll end up with the pile of plastic parts and pretty much just recycle the hardware. Yep. I pretty much did that on my two wheel, like yeah. just a few days ago. Like, this, this is the well, first like, Christmas season. I haven't, I haven't sold my current car. I'm just, I just decided to keep it. Well, I was setting my camber on my two wheel on my setup board. And every time I'd like can compress the suspension and like I drive, I put it on my, on the floor to, to set the, um, the, uh, what is it? Uh, trim. So I was trimming it out. And then the front camber was all screwed up. Mm. I put it back on there. I was like, how is this off? And I kept doing it. And I, this is my four wheel, but I like pushed up on the, on the arm and felt the ball cup. I was like, well, that's loose. That's free. Well, then I pushed up on like the tire and it was like all bound up. And I was like, Oh no, I got to change all my ball caps. So I changed all my ball caps and ball studs. That's how I get, like, I just put a new, I, I put a new chassis, new side rails, new, new, new. Yeah. It's just easier for me to sell my car and build another one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Hopefully that answers your question though. That's I that's where I would look at. Yeah. Even a even a B61 uh, you know should be right around that price. Maybe maybe 125 to 175. Yeah. Pretty much like like if I was selling the 6.1 I would do the $150 and I would take off the parts that you would need to buy to update it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So 100 bucks is what I'd sell like B6.1 for. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you uh, for this, for the uh, super chat again. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So back to this. So uh, hopefully that explains our ties. Usually the last couple of years, it hasn't come down to the second tiebreaker, but if it does, that's where we're going by now. Uh, that's been the uh, rule ever since we had that debacle back three years ago, four years ago now where the sportsman sportsman nitro ended up there was they all had the same the top two had the same points so there was no mm-hmm. there was no good way to determine the tiebreaker except yeah. except four wins and i didn't have anything thought out about how i would handle that and so then i yeah. just i just went by what the what the form said mm-hmm. and i should have done it differently i should have given the second the guy had gave second place to first place because, no. he, because he had more wins you know so i don't know um, hopefully it won't come down to that. That'll just make it easier. Um, Jeremy Whiting, uh, is only one point behind these guys. So earlier when I said the top three, this same top three that it's been, um, minus, uh, Sean Van Dalen and, uh, and Emerson from last year, 
Robert Rinaldi, he's about four points back and fourth. Braden Billington's behind him by a few. Chris Stapes and Trent uh, Ignachewski are sixth and seventh. They're actually tied. It's a zero for the tiebreaker for Trent, so Chris would win that if it, if it stayed tied. Uh, Mitrovic's is eighth. And then John Ignachewski is ninth. And Wade Boyd uh, rounds out the top ten. Eric Dillon, Daryl Wallen, and Brad Horst, they're couple points off back there in 11th, 12th, and 13th place. We've had 31 different Truggies so far this year. Expert Nitro Buggy. So Mason Fuller has uh, 201 points right now, and his throwout is a second place, 99. So he's got a strong uh, points total. Uh, Jared Tebow is second with 200. He's got a TQ and a win, a TQ and a third, and a second place. So he's just one point back. Wiggins, Jared Wiggins right now is, is third. I know he's going to Nitro Challenge, so he's going to not be able to be in the points because he'll, he'll have missed too many rounds. So the next, yeah. one, next one below him is Ashton Abdul in fourth, and he's, he would be six points off of Jared. So it's kind of down to Mason and Jared unless they both miss the next two somehow. Right. Zach, Zach Gastelum is fifth. Graham Hill is sixth. Greg Baumel is seventh. Jeremy Whiting, eighth. Mitchell Pavel, ninth. And Chris Morant is tenth. They're actually tied. Chris has the, uh, the worst throw out with a, uh, with a zero. And then Zach Van Dalen is at 181. He's about three points off of that top 10. And Bradley Peterson shot up a bunch up to 12th. He just needs to do that again next round. And we've had 50 different expert uh, Nitro guys. And then here we go. Sportsman uh, Nitro Buggy. Lucas Baker and Brody Ignachewski are tied. Lucas's throwout is a 92. Brody's is a zero. They missed the first round. So that would be the tie break, which would put Lucas Baker um, in the lead. And then you have um, Philip Hoke, only two points off of them in third. Parker Clemmy and John Davies are tied about three points off of Philip for fourth and fifth. Tim Crystal. In sixth, Josh Shout is seventh. Scott Schroff and Jake Wilkening are tied for eighth and ninth. And then Mark Dunn is tenth. He's one point ahead of Brad Horsch in eleventh. And then they got a pretty big lead over everybody else back there. And then there's that's the last page. So that's twenty-seven different sportsman nitros. And that's your techno series after round three. Woo! So now the pressure's on me because I have to, um, I have to get, I have to get, uh, not just awards. I have to get all the door prizes and stuff in line Yeah, on time for March. So, uh, I'll start making phone calls and, and, uh, and emails and, and start bugging everybody. Cause it seems like every year I gotta, we gotta prove ourselves again. Yeah. You know? Um, what do you say? I got to go pee. So what do you say? We take a uh, pivot lending break. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah. This is a pivot lending update with Dave Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. Okay. This is uh, David Olson with pivot lending and I'm here with Don Zoller. Also with pivot lending here in Omaha and supports our Nebraska operations, Iowa operations. So 
With the tax law changes, I want to kind of get into writing off interest on your mortgage. I know for years and years and years that was appealing and probably uh, had most folks gravitating towards a home purchase was picking up the write off on your Schedule A for the interest uh, in 2000. 18, that changed to a higher general deduction. You can still write your interest off, but they took away the non-reimbursed business expense piece in the Schedule A. So it's tougher to, uh, as a joint couple, and Stacy, my wife and I fall into this, um, without the non-reimbursed business expenses, we're better off taking the 24400 as a joint couple. So we're no longer writing off our mortgage interest. So uh, we're looking for ways to have the highest possible return on investment for somebody that's a homeowner or thinking about homeowning. I, I know just kind of watching the market shift around with rates, uh, you know, 15 year rates being in the twos now, 26 years, I've never seen this. And I, I think besides your standard purchase transaction, in your standard refinance transaction of just dropping a, you know, potentially 30 year into another 30 year with a lower rate and throwing out the idea of writing off your mortgage interest because you're taking the standard deduction single is 18,350. Let's talk about a few benefits. So in, in Don, I'll let you kind of kick off the possibility of somebody refinancing out of a higher termed note. So let's just say if you're, you're on a 20, 25 year, 27, 30 year mortgage right now, is it possible to get down to that 15 range? And with the same payment, using that two and a half, two seven five, two eight seven five interest rate. Well, obviously, like you said, Dave, um, in the past, the idea was to keep that mortgage so that you have that interest write off on your taxes, since that's not really applicable anymore for most people with the, the higher deductions. The idea now is to go ahead and get that mortgage paid off as quickly as possible so that you get to the point where you can retire and not right. have a house payment. Rates are ridiculously low right now. Obviously, if you're in a 30 year, you can a lot of times go to a 15 year right now, pay it off that much faster. And you're looking at pretty close to the same payment as you're paying right now on a 30 year. Right. So a lot of people in a 30 year are in the fours or high threes, you can get down in two, two and a half, 2.625 on a 15 year. And you're not really changing your payment a whole lot, but you're knocking about 15 years off the life of your loans. And is it safe to say the higher the balance on the mortgage, the more sense it makes to even look at this just because Absolutely. of yeah, the interest has such a larger impact. So for example, if you had a $50,000 mortgage or a $300,000 mortgage, you're going to see a significant advantage on that 300,000 just based on the the amount you're paying on a monthly payment on that higher amount. And if you don't think you can pull off the 15 year, you can drop to a 22, the 20 rates are great too. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. So the play is to, uh, for, for most of us and not all of us, but most of us are taking the standard deduction now. There's the, you know, single is 18,350 and joint is 24,400. Right uh, in, in lieu of the interest write-off, so the idea is to try to get your your loan down into that 15-year payoff range. Don can run any type or multiple scenarios for anybody that's listening. Uh, no obligation as far as credit pulls or application. Just give Don a call 
My phone number is 402-715-9082. Those out there want to pay their mortgage off a little bit quicker, make sure you give Don a call, y'all. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277-589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 109-995. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Y'all. Aiden and uh Aiden and his dad are are very much alike. Yeah, y'all. As just like my son and I are very much alike in many ways. Dude, my son's turning into a pretty good skateboarder. Yeah, he's gonna go pro. I dude, I mean if he would put as much effort into RC car racing as he'd put into skateboarding the last year, he probably would be pretty good right now. If he gets sponsored by Vans, he needs to buy me a pair of Vans. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm, it makes me excited that he's, I, I've always thought like my mom always let me, I guess, um, find my own passion. I mean, I bounced around from a lot of stuff. I went from like (sighs) gymnastics, karate, judo, uh, piano, saxophone, God, there was more stuff in there too that I did, but a lot of it, a lot of it had its reasons, but, uh, but eventually, you know, RC cars was the one thing that always stuck. Mm -hmm. And so for Emerson, it's, it's, he sticks with stuff more than I did when I was, you know, when I was his age, I bounced around from a lot of different activities until, until RC cars, whereas, you know, he stuck with karate for seven years, maybe, maybe more longer than that to get his black belt. Really? You know? Yeah. And he's, he's sticking with drums. Mm -hmm. He's been doing that since he was like seven. And now he's got the skateboarding thing that he's been, he's been working on. Like last winter, he just, he just would close the garage door. He had a heater. He would take out to the, while I was at work and he had set up his own little half pipe in our garage and just practice. Yeah. I mean, he was meticulous about it. Hmm. So I don't know. It's interesting. You want to know why I was into gymnastics? Some girl? No. Uh, oh. And karate, actually. I wanted to be a ninja. Yeah. And I thought my plan was to take uh, gymnastics so that I could learn how to do flips and stuff. And then I would take karate so that I could learn how to kick and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was the plan. And it, it uh, gymnastics got too... I don't know. I, we weren't doing any cool stuff in gymnastics. I remember. You're so like, I like oh, quit. I just got too hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was waiting for you to say. It's got too hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I quit. I it was too hard. It, was too it wasn't hard. good right away. So I was fat. Anyway, it didn't matter. <laughs> too top heavy. You're there. You like, you like, they're like, so what are your goals on gymnastics? And they're like, and, and you're like, uh, I want to be able to do like backflips and ninja stuff. And they're like, <laughs> okay, so you're never going to be able to do that, but, um, <laughs> you, you can like do the, <laughs> you can balance on this beam. <laughs> I think I remember, I remember it was at, um, Oh God, it was at that place downtown where, uh, they do uh concerts now. Sokol hall mm-hmm. is where we did, would do this gymnastic stuff at. And my dad would sit in the balcony and watch. And I remember one time we were, we were doing this like race where it was like a, uh, obstacle course type race. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take losing very well back then when I was like five through yeah. now, 
<laughs> but, but back then I definitely didn't take losing very well. So I, I like, I remember losing the race and then like, I think I ended up like choking the kid who won. <laughs> and I think, I think my dad, like, like was probably so embarrassed. I think that's why we stopped doing gymnastics, but <laughs> oh, that was it. Never again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I told I told one of my kids and one of my friends in um uh in high school that I hated him to his core. Uh before I actually knew him, we were in Boy Scouts and you know how you used to make those little boats mm-hmm. and you had and then they set up these gutters and you had to you had to blow on them so it was the regatta or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I was actually winning. I was really good at that. And then I lost to this kid and I, I think I remember going up to him going, I hate you. <laughs> like, like, a, like 10 years later, we're like really good friends in high school. And he's like, Hey, do you remember when you told me you hated me? I was like, what? Yeah. We were at boy Scouts and I'm like, Oh, that was you. <laughs> You're like, yes, I never forgot. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Do you have one? Dude, okay, did you see my, uh, before we get to questions, did you see my, uh, my, my change? Yeah, I did. I got my Randy shirt. Looking good. Yeah. You know what's really funny? Randy. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the sweater that my sister got, the sweater that my sister got for me is left little fuzzies all over my shirt. Nice. Yeah, it's great. Hey, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. All right, questions. Let's go through here. There's not a whole lot of them. Uh, Clayton Wittenmeyer. Uh, well, Peter Renault's on here, hopefully still on here, but Clayton Wittenmeyer said he heard, uh, that he won an exclusive Alex Sturgeon body. Yes, you did. Um, I saw him on, uh, on Saturday and I was like, Hey, did you know you won my body in that, in the drawing we did? And he's like, no way. So I actually have to take it tonight. Cause it's sitting here in the, in the uh, studio. Yeah. I got to make sure I remember my short course buggy body. Yeah. For Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Bender was supposed to ask you a question on here and I don't see it. So, um, Steve RC's on here. He said uh, the last seven years, the weeks right after, uh, before or after Martin Luther King day is usually the coldest of the year. It looks like next Monday, the cold starts. I didn't really mm. see that in the forecast. I, I saw like a two week out forecast. It looks like it's supposed to be like forties the whole way. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope it's not cold. Yeah. Me either. I feel like, I feel like we're going to have an early spring this year. It just doesn't, it hasn't gotten that, that weird vibe. Well, we haven't had that bitter cold yet. We did in December. Don't you remember? I mean like negative 50 wind chill. Oh, well we haven't had that in a long time. Period. Yeah. I remember, I remember when I was in college or trade school or whatever, I was walking into uh, school and it was like negative 50 wind chill. Yeah. And, uh, like the next week it was 50 degrees. Yeah. And it, I was like, man, it's like a hundred degrees warmer out here. Yeah. Well today, <laughs> I mean, today it only was only 48 degrees, but it felt way warmer than it, than it probably was. That's why I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> yeah. If it's 50 degrees, I'm wearing these. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if I'm going to work, wear the other thing too, if I have to work inside all day, like I do, I'll wear shorts, even if it's colder than that, because I'm going to be inside. Yeah. And I hate wearing pants. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. I used to wear jeans all the time. I don't know how I did that. I hate jeans. They're super uncomfortable. 
And they always like yeah. my butt always sags now. Like my, they always sag off my butt because I'm, I'm. It's like the older I get, the 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 less butt I have and the more gut I have. Uh, okay, Steve RC, when is the triple scoop? That's a good question because I was hoping to have a flyer by now. Um, but the triple scoop is uh, our three club races on that we have left on the carpet: February thirteenth, March sixth, and March. 20th that's our triple scoop it's a it's a three race point series it'll be really quick and easy nice but we don't really have that much uh club racing um after these next four weeks because of the just the way that the late winter schedule always works out we always have the tcs race the techno series Mm -hmm. finals uh the carpet crash in and uh, there's usually, there was a big dirt oval race in there. I'm not sure what we're doing this year for the dirt oval. We didn't, Jason and I haven't really talked about that yet. Um, but I was supposed to have a flyer. I still probably will have a flyer. It's just, I, I uh, Mike Garrison's kind of getting back to work at boom RC after being in the hospital for almost a month and a half. So I'm not, I'm not really going to pressure him. Uh, Peter Renault wants to know, will, um, does will post his uh, B74 setup sheets anywhere? And he, cause he doesn't know what a puck system is. Oh, um, we'll just go to, what is it? Mod, uh, M O D S speed or M O D, uh, speed shop.com. That, that's, I mean, that's where you can see what a puck system is. It's basically, it's basically a, isn't it like a, a lighter, first off it's lightweight components, but doesn't it also create less drag on your outdrives? Isn't that the point? Yeah. It it does like it's supposed to just be less rotating mass and uh, um, that like so like your drivetrain on your on your uh, two wheel drive or four wheel drive buggy is always the best when it's new. That's my opinion. I, I like once it gets broken, I it makes your it's kind of like when you get like that that kind of broken in or you get I mean you want it a little broken in, but once it gets like dented in or you know, like grooved in, it's like that drivetrain becomes like a mechanical sway bar. So when you pull throttle, it's going to instantly go to that grooved up spot. So it's going to make your car like point and shoot style driving. Like you're going to pull throttle and it's just going to go straight or it's going to feel straighter. It's going to be harder to turn. But if you run a newer drivetrain, or that's pretty much your diff or your, you know, your out drives and your, uh, uh, axles, um, it's going to feel a lot more uh, nimble or easier to kind of put it where you want it. It's not going to have that um, that lockup feeling. So, like on a higher on a track with really high grip, you could probably um, it's it's just kind of one of those preference things, really. Like uh, uh, like on high grip, you kind of want a drivetrain that's a little bit more locked locked in or you know broken in but on low grip you'd want one that's going to let the suspension completely sag and right you know do its thing but yeah it kind of becomes like a mechanical sway bar that makes sense yeah no that's actually that is the best way i've ever heard that described because that to me that makes total absolute sense now yeah um but and that's like you know i there's this time that we had a track that had a, a run up to it, it as like a tabletop. And then you turned on the tabletop and jumped off of it. 
my car would not, I was losing like three tenths a lap on that thing to you. And my car would not turn like yours. And like, I kept going through it. And that's when it was like one of those aha moments. Mm -hmm. And that's when I changed my, I put a new diff in my car, new axles and just the whole, the whole drivetrain. And my car was instantly five tenths faster Yeah, because I did that. So like before a big race, I'll put a new, a new diff, new axles, new everything in the rear end on my cars or on my two wheel, four wheel drive. Um, I usually just change the whole thing on, on four wheel. That is on, mm-hmm. on four wheel, I'll change front and rear. Um, you know, not the whole diff, but I'll do the out drives. I'll do new axles and cause you want that stuff to be really new. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, and that's just something that I found my car always works better with or more consistent with new components. Like, um, and I'm, I mean, we're talking like, you know, if I'm in a club race for, you know, two months and then I'll have a big race, it's coming up. I'll put a new, new, uh, drivetrain in my car before the big race. But if that makes sense, no total sense. But if you want to make your car feel like brand new again, it's the drivetrain that, makes the biggest difference to me that shock seal, you know, doing your shock seals and then replacing your drivetrain components and, you know, and to check, check your bearings. I check my bearings a lot more than I used to just, just because like a bad bearing can cause so many issues. Oh yeah. So I, I'm always, like every, every week, you know, I'll just check my bearings and, you know, clean my drivetrain. Um, I've even been known to like before a main or like before my, like at the summer series before the A main, I just take the rear end of my car apart and clean all the CVDs or I'd clean both of my CVDs on my two wheel. Um, and it just like, it's, it just feels better to me. That's the difference between you and me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do all that. (laughs) Yeah. I used to have a ritual before every big race of going through my car and checking the bearings and replacing out drives and all that stuff, but not as much anymore. Yeah. I need to learn from you. Uh, so there you go. Um, what's a good 17.5 motor? This is a very subjective one. Uh, I think they're all good. I, th- I think every motor has its own sweet spot. Yeah. Obviously, a motor that you can adjust the timing and a brand that's known to be... Um, what's the word? Uh, not just good, but like, you know, reliable. There you go. A brand that's known to be reliable. I think, I think, um, I don't know. That's what I would say. It's hard. It's hard to tell people because you have your own personal preferences for brands. So I could say, well, I mean, you know, uh, Trinity clearly is known for having fast stock motors, but so is, um, motive, you know, mm-hmm. so is, so is, uh, so is shore speed. So is R1. You know, yeah. Hobby. Wing. If, uh, if I, cause I run Reedy electronics, but I only race modified. And, um, if I, you know, in the Reedy motors are really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if I had to choose like, Willie, we're going to race stock. You can pick whatever, uh, stock motor you want to run. I'd pick motive. Yeah. I, I like the company. I like what they do. I like what they're all about. So that would, that would be the only reason why is just because Paul is cool and he's old school. So, um, then that, that's the only reason why I would 
pick that just because I, I like that guy. So, yeah. Very subjective question, but, but I, I mm-hmm. if you stick to any of the major brands, they all have a sweet spot. You just got to find it with gearing and timing adjustment, you know, mm-hmm. that being said, there are some that are truly faster than others. So, um, but I would never run like a, you know, gadzooks, amazon.com stock motor. <laughs> like just, yeah, you know. I know. Right. Yeah. Uh, whoa. Mad Thunder has another one, another subjective question. Uh, two wheel drive buggies. If there was a shootout, uh, what's the best, what's the best for the money and what's the worst? Well, I don't really know what the worst would be if, if we're talking two wheel drive buggies, I don't want to like defame a company. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um, well, I mean, the worst buggy is going to be one of those. Unless it's exceed RC. <laughs> yeah. Exceed RC is like the Rosie O'Donnell of the RC world. He just. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Thank you. Uh, well, I mean, you know, probably there isn't any like of the top, what I would consider three brands of two wheel buggies. You're not going to get one. That's bad. Yeah. Like, I don't think even the top, let's say let's lump in, uh, obviously associated and Losi, X-ray and say, um, Yokomo. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd say those yeah. four, you're, you can't go wrong. Obviously some of them cost more than the others. And then I think in America, right. This is just the U S tracks that are, that are super cross like and big and goofy. And a lot of times, you know, the grip is either super high or super low. Then I think the next step would be like serpent Schumacher. Um, who's next? Who's next in that one? Kyosho. Yeah. Right now, Kyosho's I mean, car is pretty old. Uh, yeah. There's not really any new refinements on that thing. That's why you don't see too many of them anymore. Right. You know, but like Schumacher, Schumacher's really good on carpet, mm-hmm. which means that probably, it probably does translate to a really super high grippy track too, if it's smooth enough. And you know, um, the thing is, is like if you're club racing locally, and let's say everybody there is running, you know, car A, but the most, or we'll say B, car B, and then the most popular car in the country is car A, but you're racing in a pocket somewhere mm-hmm. that car B is popular and the hobby shop supports it well, and they have a lot of parts for it. Yeah. And, you know, there's a team guy there that uh, is helping people with it. Right. Um, you're going to have a good experience. So, like, to me, the worst car is one that's not supported. Yeah, definitely. That, that's the, like, if I had to like it, that, that would, in my opinion, that'd be the worst car is one that no help, no support, no, no guy there working on or like working on stuff, helping you, um, figuring stuff out. Um, not very popular. That would be the worst car. The best car would be. That's kind of, that's kind of a reason why we, on the racing side of things at the Hobbyplex too, we kind of made a, a conscious decision to just stick with Losi and associated when it comes to the 10 scale mm-hmm. two, wheel, two wheel drive, you know, we just, we just made that. Cause a couple of years ago we got burned. We, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, we got in on, on these other cars and there was no support really. And the only people locally that drove them were sponsored guys. So they weren't buying them, you know? Right. So I don't know. I still think, I still think 
as a privateer driver on that side of things, I still think you can't go wrong. As long as you pick Losi or Associated, you're going to be fine. The mm-hmm. other, the other guys are, I'm, I'm sure they're great and I'm sure they're awesome cars. I mean, X-Ray is going to be super high quality. Yokomo, I've owned one. It's great. You know, you, you know, even, even something like a Kyosho or something, but as far as here in America with the, the majority of, of the actual parts availability and support, you just can't go wrong with the two. Then from there, it's a yeah. toss up, you know, right. They definitely fit two different driver styles. Okay, there's a couple more, and then, uh, let's see, I don't think there's been any, okay, and there's a couple here from Nick Sneathan down at the bottom, but we're going to do one more of these, and then we're going to skip over a few of them. Um, RTR versus a kit, what do you prefer to bash if you do bash? So, I still like to build my stuff, but if I know that I'm going to beat the crap out of a car, then give me a ready to run. Yeah. You know? If I was going to, yeah. Yeah. If I, if I was going to buy a truck right now to go, uh, run up and down my front yard and stuff, I would probably go with a RTR. Yeah. Just like that outcast success. You know, it's, you know, I still have it. It's fixed. It's ready to go, but I'm, I'm very glad I didn't have to build that. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you know, if you're beating on your, you know, beating up your truck outside, I mean, you don't want to have to build it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? just, yep. I wouldn't want to just fix it when it breaks uh, and you're good. Yeah. Um, have either of us ever raced slot cars? I tried it one time when we used to have that slot car track at the Plex. Yep. Same here. Um, I can't do it. Yeah. The idea of buying motors every single time you run a car struck me as bizarre. Like yeah. the, those guys would buy like, they, cause they have, you know, they have heats just like we do and they would put a new motor in their car every single time. And it was like a $20 motor. Really? And I'm like, Nope, yeah. that is not for me. Not for that. No way. I just wasn't very good at it right away. So I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I, it was interesting though, being in the zone. There was one time I remember it specifically where I was doing really good and I was super focused and locked in on, on the corners and how fast we were going. I was, I was running those little, the, the little, uh, metal pan cars with a big wing on it or whatever. And it, mm-hmm. they were going crazy fast, but it didn't seem fast. And it was, it was a moment like 30 seconds worth. And then I crashed and then I lost it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, thank you. Maybe on a bigger track, it would be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely popular. Yeah. Or I mean, probably not as popular as it yeah, used to be. I but... don't know if it's, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't say that. Well, I mean, how many slot car tracks did you sell at Christmas time? Well, but that's different but though. That's different. I know it's yeah. different, but that's, that's, but I mean, that's, that's like, that's, your some, dad, that's some dad trying to compensate. Getting <laughs> those. It's not the same as the, the uh, 24 scale where you got to have a permanent big, you know, King, King track or something like that. Yeah. But like, if you say slot cars to somebody, they know what you're talking about. That's and true. They're, they're going to think Tyco. Yeah. You know, HO yeah, scale. Exactly. Anyway. Um, okay. Uh, racer Oz, this is Ken. Um, uh, if we submit names of our racers in a traveling group, can we reserve pits for the J concepts race? So here's the next step in the J concepts race. And I was going to announce this after we do the purge, but basically we're going to have to have assigned seating for this thing. Otherwise it's going to get out of hand. And so I'm going to have to have assigned seating. So, uh, beach RC, um, when I went down there, they, you had to pay 10 bucks and then, then you got your spot that you had like a request list or whatever. I'm going to try it a little bit differently. I'm just going to, I'm going to contact people, but I'm going to try to just put, put it together myself. 
And if people have a problem with where they're sitting, you know, we can change, I guess. But my biggest fear is though, is that if I left it open, like first come first serve, what would happen is somebody that didn't sign up online would come and take up a pit spot. And then all of a sudden we'd be out of pit space. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when we had the techno series signups, I, I, I reserved seating for everybody that was signed up so that if anybody came in that I, that wasn't signed up online, I could go, well, you didn't sign up online. So you don't have a place. Yeah. Sorry sorry about your luck. You know, it's just kind of the way it's going to have to be. Is that, is that cruel? (laughs) I don't, I don't know. It's your show. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we're, we'll, that'll be the next step after the purge. So the purge is the 18th. Once I, once I know, once I have a real list of names number, then we have three weeks to get uh, seating arrangements all figured out. So yes, there will be reserve seating. Um, there's a couple more here. This is Jake Heidbreder. He moved away. He moved for away from us. He, he, he lives over there in Eastern Iowa. Now does anyone local race HB cars in one tenth, or was I the last one before I moved? Plus I will come back to race once they let us, um, hot bodies team guys get a hold of any two wheel drive buggy. Nope. I don't know anybody running those hot bodies cars. I haven't even seen one no. for a while. Yeah, I haven't seen one in a while. I think the last person I saw that had one was Steve Miner. Yeah. I haven't seen one in a long time. Yeah. They're cool looking still to this day. We used to carry them. And we used to have parts for them. But yeah. Um, Rob the Mouth Millen uh, was on here saying, what's up, everybody? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, Nick Sneathan, when is HT going to get spare parts for the AE one eighth buggy? Well, it depends. I mean, all you got to do is ask us for what you want, but here's the reason why we don't have any parts for them because right now nobody at the Plex is running that I know of an associated eight scale buggy, I guess, except you now. Uh, we don't really have any other associated eight scale guys. Yeah, they race weekly or yeah. whatever. I know we carry arms and hubs and some shock and some shock parts. I know that for sure because we sold some over the weekend and I put them out on Wednesday. But we don't have like the full arrangement that we would for say the two wheel drive stuff just because the the eight scale is just not near as popular. But let us know and we'll uh, we'll order what you need. That's pretty easy. Um Eric Wunschel wants to know plastic pucks on the dog bones. Yeah, they're like these orange inserts. I don't know if I can hold them up to the camera. Yep, the orange ones. Yeah, they're like the orange pieces in there. Those those ride in that. Remember, uh, uh, remember that Adam Drive. Remember Adam Kohler. Yeah, he always used to run pucks on his stuff, and his cars were always squeaky and loud. Oh, really? Because of the pucks. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna bother well, you we'll see how it works i got three <laughs> weeks here to test it out figure so. it out <laughs> hydebreder said uh, adam's car sounded like a b that's pretty funny <laughs> uh maybe you didn't grease them or maybe they're all worn out nick mm-hmm. sneathan would you run uh has another one would you run an esc and servo weights in a stadium truck for dirt and if so how much me would we did we run metal for stadium truck, the servo weights in there. Isn't that a carpet thing? Well, I mean, I, I, I ran the electronic, the aluminum electronics weight. Did you? 
You'd probably, yeah, you'd probably want to run the aluminum servo weight in that car just to have, put some front weight. Up, I was going to say on a truck, and, isn't it more important? It is important to have the front end stay down. Yeah, that, and I'd put the aluminum uh, bulkhead on it too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And that just, I feel like that just balances the car out better. Because <laughs> I ran that on my T six point one or whatever. Yeah, one. That's the one I had. I think Daniel, Daniel Bender had, had the fender bender had a question about plastic gears in a B74. And that's what you were talking about earlier. You're going to oh, try, you're going to okay. try to get those plastic gears. No, uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, I don't want to talk about that, <laughs> but I run the plastic diff gears on the inside of the, like the diff itself. The I run those plastic. Right. Yeah. The spider gears or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he already asked me about that. Okay, good. All right, all right. Um, I mean, like, he already texted me about that. Yeah, he texted me about that, and I was like, uh, you need to ask Will. <laughs> so yeah. That's, that was my fault. I, I had him. Super chat. We just got a super chat from Eric Wunchel. Um, a $10 super chat. Thanks, dude. Uh, bribe money to get into the J-Concepts race. Love the show. <laughs> Love the show. Thanks, guys. So here's the good news for, for Eric and Daryl Wallen there. I've got it. So I've been knocking people out as people have canceled. And I think they're now third and fourth on the list. So chances are they'll probably be good to go. I'm going to guess because I am telling you, there's a couple of people on the list that aren't paid that I'm like, ah, they're not, I bet you they don't even pay income. So yeah, right now I I do remember seeing them. I think they're third and fourth now that I've, I've filled in a few more spots. So hang in there. Hang in there. Um, and then we'll do one more, one more. And then we got to get out of here cause it, it's running late, but, uh, Ken Peterson, place your bets, gold, silver, aquas, slicks at the J concepts race. What's your guess? I doubt aqua. Yeah, I doubt it. They've, they've never worked yet for us at our track. Right. But I mean, you never know. You never know. Maybe in four wheeler, maybe in four wheel drive. I doubt it. I just don't, I just don't see them working. Anytime I've seen somebody try to use them, I've, I've they've never just been the end all beat all or they've never been better. So, um, or as good as like gold or silver. I, I um, feel like, I feel like in a, a majority of the people will be on silver. Really? I, th- I, I, I think so. On, I, I'm I running golds. On golds. I'm on golds. I'm, I'm dedicated to gold the whole way just cause I know how to break them in. I know how to get my car to work with them. So I'm sticking with what I know. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think golds, if it goes to slicks, it'll be silver. Right. But I think it'll be golds. I, I really do. I, I feel like our track builds up too much dust to have an actual slick track. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been like one or two times that the silvers have been, just the absolute best. I mean, way better than, than gold compound. And, um, I think that, I just think that it's going to take golds. I really do. It usually does, but then like, you know, there's sometimes that you'll have a, like, like I remember we, we watch, I'd watch cars in the heat races or the main before mine, you know, and this is the summer. Um, this is also late in the summer and early in the summer. 
and I'd watch a car. I'd be like, I bet they're on silvers. And I'd go over and like, look at their stuff and they'd be on silvers. And it just didn't look as good as the cars that I knew were on golds. Yeah. But I know Tom always runs silvers. So we'll see. I mean, uh, uh, I think that he could drive anything. So, I mean, maybe it does, maybe he just drives around it and doesn't notice who knows. But, uh, for me, I mean, I have both. Me too. But it, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I don't really know, but if I had to bet, like since we're placing bets here, I'd probably be willing to bet gold would be the better. After today's email, I'm hopeful that we'll have plenty of both for sale. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh, well, okay. One more. I lied. One more. We're gonna have one more. Uh, Nick Sneathan noticed that at the Ohio race, they were gluing the sidewalls. <laughs> uh, yeah, I glued, I glued the front sidewalls, the sidewalls in my car all summer. Even with tread, yeah. even with tread on them. Yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah, I, I started doing it, and Alec, then Alex started doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, did, it's how it worked. It's yeah. how it happens. I'm a copycat. Alex is like, man, you're beating me. What do you run it? Oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's, that's really it though. I appreciate you guys. Um, uh, with all the chat, uh, I wanted to get through as quickly as we could today so I could get to uh, some questions. Thanks to all the techno racers for having the big weekend that we did. Um, thanks to, uh, of course our sponsor pivot lending group, make sure that you guys, um, if you're in the, what's that called? If you're in the, uh, I'm market. Yeah, there you go. If you're in the market for a home loan <laughs> or refinance, make sure you get a hold of them. Uh, that's how we're able to bring this show to you weekly. Pivotlendinggroup.com. Ask for Don Zoller or give it a shot and ask for Aiden Olson's dad. We'll more than likely direct you to Don Zoller, but either way, we think that's funny. It's at pivotlending.com. $500 lender credit or 0.125 off your uh, interest rate if you go through with a uh, home loan or refinance. So, yeah. And of course, uh, Weberized. This show is, uh, we could say, produced by uh, Weberized.com. If you want to start a podcast, they could even do it remotely. So, get a hold of webrise.com and they give my sister and brother-in-law some more business. And uh, that way we can keep having this super rad studio with all these cameras and stuff. So yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. You could have a podcast about yeah. anything. Uh, one star reviews on yeah. Google, like anything. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, we better go. So, uh, once again, thank you guys. And we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Or hopefully I will finish ahead of Will. I don't know. I'm pretty rusty. You've been racing this whole I time. I haven't raced since uh, yeah, November. It's been a while. But I did good. I did good down there. So I don't know. We'll see. See you guys. Bye.